We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And whether you're just wrapping up the night shift or on your way to start the day, we got what you need. Welcome to the morning shift. It's the most mid-team in history. A whole new way to start your day with nationally televised reporter Tiffany Blackman. I told some people to lose my number, Tim. Former Falcons and Alabama offensive lineman Mike Johnson. That's how you build a freaking football team. And Atlanta sports radio guru, Bo Morgan. Oh, let's talk about the trenches and the big guys. It's a new experience. And a new take on a sports morning show. The morning shift on 92.9 The Game is presented by the Georgia Hemp Company. The morning shift is on. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now, here's Tiffany, Mike, and Bo. Rob Triple in for uh, Tiffany. Without further ado, right before we went on the air, Squid said, I have a question for you, so let's let's, let's just get to it. (laughs) Well, it's not a sports question. Um, I want to clarify. But I thought of – so I get – I don't know how you... did you... promise the people that we were going to cover all things sports. Yes, I'm a white cis yeah. male. What else do you want to know? <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I was interested to know that, too. <laughs> so, I don't know how you come into work every morning. But when I when I get in my truck, uh, I don't listen to any sports. I need to wake up even more. So, I play all kinds of music. I go through the serious channel list until I get um, off of the express lane. And then I hit three songs that I got to listen to coming in that really get me where I need to be mentally. You get that's how you get spicy squid instead of half asleep squid. Um, but well, no matter what, we're going to get third person squid, so that's annoying enough. But yeah. please go on. Well, yeah. hey, Robbie, that's one. <laughs> don't maybe don't make me, don't. I don't want to get to three today. All right. Oh dear. Uh, it resets every hour, by the way. So <laughs> one of the channels is uh, I listen to, and and I see November Rain comes on. And so I'm a huge Guns, Guns N' Roses, Roses fan. Yeah. Love November Rain. And I said, where does this song rank as far as not just 80s power ballads, I guess you would call it, or love love ballads, but where does this song rank all time? And I said, well, the person to me that could help me answer this is Rob Tribble. Time. Well, let's just say 80s. I would say 80s power ballads because to me that is – and but I didn't guess November Rain come out like nineteen ninety or came was it? In, it came out ninety one, I think. But where does it rank? It was strong in the, in at the, the hair time, metal certainly. band because uh, that song's got like three parts to it. I don't identify Guns N' Roses as hair metal. When they first started off, they tried to do the hairspray and the uh, eye makeup, and yeah. then they just got a little bit more grungy and just basic rock and roll. I, I never considered them hair metal because there's too much of an edge to them. So where? Do you, well, it ranks up there certainly. They were like poison on steroids a little bit. Like a like oh, a how grungy. dare you? How dare you put those two bands in the same sense? Hey, they they all they all get lumped together for whatever reason. Uh, that's because people aren't being really nuanced and thoughtful about. So where that does genre. It, but, but but November Rain? Yeah, it's up there, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. In the in the epic video too. Was that the video when he where he's playing the? He, well, there's two solos in that in that um, in that song. There's the one in the yeah, middle I'm in, in there. My head now, yeah. But yeah. the that's the video with the church out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Where, because uh, Axl Rose marries... Well, it was, Mary, it was that a uh, supermodel. Yeah. 
And they had a Tiffany very toxic Seymour, yeah. relationship. Well, oh, it ranks up there. I think that was in every uh, band back then. They had to do the ballad with the uh, bringing the symphony orchestra. They yeah. had to do it with the orchestra. <laughs> well, that that was your go-to, the lighter song. Well, the, the I don't know if you've I know you've 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 probably seen them, but the the li- I saw them uh, I saw them twelve years ago, and it looked like Axl Rose had eaten Axl Rose. Now and now the, he's had all this plastic, so he just looks weird now. Well, he looked he looked like he was like a basically Madonna looks like he did then. <laughs> so Madonna looks reptilian now. Well, it's that's weird. that's what she looked a lot like Axl back then. But the live version they play, I think it was like like the '93 live album. He opens up with the piano, and he yeah. now he plays the piano, but mm-hmm. the the piano interlude that he does it. I don't know. It just hit me, and I was like, I wonder what Tribble thinks about this song. Cause, it's epic. Cause you're, when it came out, it was certainly epic. You're a music guy. But see, when that came out, though, I was starting to lean Seattle and Meat Puppets and Nirvana. and, uh, and Meat all, Puppets, all. man. Yeah. That's classic. Yeah. Mike Mike Johnson is just out of He has nothing to add right now. You guys got it, man. You got you got, <laughs> you, you got our bases covered. I uh, I was born in 87, and uh, just that, that I kind of missed the mark on some of the 80s, 80s rock. To, to me though, that song. If I'm thinking about, and there's a, everybody's done multiple. I mean, mo- half 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 of people's catalogs are love songs, right? I mean, over. But to me, that song just ranks way up there. I, well, I'm I just, glad it touches your soul. I love that song. I just thought Rob Truel might appreciate it. It's, it's an epic song. It's an epic epic uh, hard ballad, as it were. Uh, epic. Uh, hard start for Atlanta United last uh, night. Forget Two it, Donnie. Lost. You're out of your element. it's a great movie uh 2-1 loss last night good lord give up two goals in the first nine minutes and you outplay them the rest of the way yeah dude but that Um, that getting down two like that that's just devastating that that's just almost an impossible you know rob it's not the first time that atlanta united has has had a a gore a goal scored on them flat-footed in the first five minutes right and and if they've had the ability to come back, it's because that goal that has been scored on them has kind of woke them up, I and they've kind of said, okay, let's lock in. It didn't happen this time. They, nope. they got the goal scored on them in the it third. It had the opposite effect. It's and then again in the ninth. And they're still flat-footed, probably about 15 or 20 minutes into the game, and really throughout most of the first half. And it was frustrating to watch because eventually they do engage and they do lock in and they kind of settle in and – uh, I know that this is the third game, I feel like, with this new kind of, uh, you know, defensive formation with three men at the back that they've kind of employed. Um, but, man, it was like <laughs> – it's almost like the third start for a pitcher, Rob, when the book's kind of out. They come up for the minor right, leagues, and, right. you know, you don't really know what to expect from them the first couple of times, and then all of a sudden all somebody a sudden, digs into the film. They get your tendency. And you're like, man, we could really, we could really you know, run the press here and kind of pin them back deep. And that's exactly what happened. A couple of turnovers – uh, a couple guys standing flat-footed in the back end for United last night, uh, and they were just outperformed um, for most of the game. Um, and then they weren't. And, by the way, they turned it on and made a number of shots and a number of great plays and a number of uh, of good saves um, leads to just not enough goals in the back of the net by the end of the night. Had a chance to move up to third in the yeah. conference, too. You know what's interesting about this matchup, too? Um, and I want to get this number right, so I'm going to look off to my left here because I knew it was something like this. All right, so New England, in the first seven matches they played against Atlanta United, since Atlanta United came into the league, first seven matches New England played against Atlanta, they did not win. They were 0-5-2. Since then, they've they've won four. They're now 4-0-2 in their last uh, 
in their last six. And so it's, it's kind of a funny number to look at because I do remember New England struggling for some time, you know, back when uh, Atlanta was, was uh, winning championships. And so just watching last night. By the way, I do have to say this watching this game last night. I, I am very thankful for the environment at Atlanta's, at Mercedes-Benz, even though the United playing a football stadium. Because I'm watching New England play last night in Foxborough, and I'm like, dude, it just doesn't have the same feel. Oh, no. Feel, well, they have 22,000 in there they last got night, all, you know, like all the sections tarped off, and yep. uh, you know, Longshore kind of tweets out before the game that the Jumbotron's not even on a pregame, and it just it felt so di- – it didn't feel quite like Yankee Stadium did a month or two ago when they played up there, but it was very – it was like so restrained, man. And it just it, – it made me have such a – uh, bigger appreciation for what happens at Mercedes. It's Benz. almost like the revolution or an afterthought up there. Don't even turn on the jumbotron yeah. for a uh, pregame. Like, do, uh, do they even play music during pregame? Well, it's like the it's like the MLS of 15 years ago. It feels yeah. like you know what I mean. Just like where, where you're trying to you're, you're you're trying to integrate, but you're still playing in a ton of football stadiums. Uh, and you know, obviously, you know, Major League Soccer has moved away from these combined football stadiums, other than a couple places. But there was still remnants of it last night, man. I don't. Uh, I didn't really know what to think. It was, uh, it was. <laughs> at times, I was really impressed with United, and other times, obviously, uh, the first ten minutes of the game, you're like, "What is going on, dude?" Well, maybe New England needs some SEC fans to go up there and just party. Oh, you're gonna put you're gonna put the New England uh, people on blast because of the Philadelphia guy. Yeah, that's, that's I, how you feel. You know what? The Philadelphia guy. Just, what, what, what I mean? Well, yeah. the the union, the Philadelphia yeah. union coach uh, decided that he would. Before the game, <laughs> probably like the Friday before the game, or maybe it was a Thursday, he he decided he would. Say, well, you know, I guess he was asked about the environment at MBS and is it a tough place to play. He's like, yeah, those guys don't really, those fans don't really care about soccer. They're they're just, they're just there because it's a party. They're just a bunch of SEC fans that that found out there was a party that weekend and and you know rip the environment. Yeah, I'm gonna rip. You know what? Yeah, because everybody loves to rip Atlanta for being bad fans across the board. Blah blah blah. So I'm gonna rip them when they're when it's an open opportunity. It, it it's not. You know, I guess it's a little bit me of being in my feelings. It's it's growing up for forty years, hearing of you know oh, bad bad sports I city. Too, but I got to admit though, that's pretty funny what he said though. That's <laughs> well, hilarious. It, the fact, nice he basically troll. said, "Trek their driver's license. None of them are from Atlanta." Yeah. 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 Look, it was a good line. It didn't help his team win the game. Maybe if we should have concentrated on the game plan instead of coming up with funny one liners about our our fan base. But you know. By the do? way, I do want to tease, uh, and I know we got to go to break in just a minute. I do want to tease because I think this conversation that we're having right now about Atlanta fans and checking your driver's license is going to have a lot to do uh, with our 7 o'clock, talking about Major League Baseball expansion yep. and the possible cities. And let's call it the possible uh, fracturing of a, a of a dominant fan base in this city, man. I think that's going to be a fun conversation later surrounding Major League Baseball and the Atlanta Braves. I don't know how you guys feel coming up, but it, it has a lot of – a lot of tie-ins, I think, to Major League Soccer and what we've talked about um, as far as teams coming to Orlando and Charlotte and Nashville and all these other places that kind of surround Atlanta. Because, look, man, when I moved here in 2010, I want to say the closest two uh, MLS teams were D.C. United and the Houston Dynamo. That's I'm pretty sure that's right. true. Uh, and so you fast-forward all these years and all these expansion teams popping up in MLS is the same thing getting ready to happen Uh in Major League Baseball, man. Got some cool numbers in the throw at y'all later. Do you, know, do you know this song, Mike? No, I don't. Sour <laughs> brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Coming up next, 
Uh, an improbable run comes to a screeching halt over there at Wimbledon or Wimbledon. And also, DeJounte Murray says he and head coach Quinn Snyder, they text every day. I wonder if he texts him at 348 in the morning with a shirtless selfie. I don't know. <laughs> You're getting one this week. Front page next, Sports Radio 1998. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Shift. Time for the show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. One, two, three. It's time to take a look at today's top headlines. This is the front page on The Morning Shift. <laughs> I'm being coached up. <laughs> Just my big... Just letting you know not to throw to it. I know, like I, like I have the last couple of days. Welcome back. It's the Morning Shift Sports Radio, 1990 Game. Uh, stay tuned. 8.20, we've got Dave Archer on. He's at Big 12 Media Days down in Dallas, I believe. And, of course, we're going to drop a Falcons question in there. Top of the hour. With uh, expansion seemingly inevitable in Major League Baseball, will a part of Braves country become what Crimea is to the Ukraine? <laughs> Perfect timing. On. <laughs> I'm not even sure how to approach that one. Yeah, every night, about once every two segments, Rob throws a left hook at me that I'm like, I don't, I don't really know what to say here. Well, I want to hear about the uh, chicken hyp- hypnosis. So, uh, Christopher Eubanks eliminated in the Wimbledon quarterfinals yesterday after losing in five sets. Got a lot of love, though, in Wimbledon, though, yesterday. And uh, um, certainly didn't, what? Did, did, did you get a chance to watch this bowl? Because I. I I watched about uh, three sets. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it. So I got, I, I tuned in. I got home from the gym and I, I turned it on, and it was two, one one I think, and he was he just won the second. Or he he went up two one. Like literally, as I turned it on and I watched that third set, and it was basically, Eubanks won his serves. He couldn't break Medvedev or however you pronounce it, and um, and in that. But he, they got down and uh, he was, they, he tied it at two, and then it was just, and they had they had to play the uh, tiebreaker, and once Eubanks lost that tiebreaker, it was just it was downhill quick. It was yeah. like he ran he ran out of steam almost. Right. Yeah. And it was funny because Medvedev doesn't win a lot of uh, five set matches, and he he talked about it, and it was funny because the. The lady that interviews at the end, I, I think she's a part of Wimbledon or maybe the BBC or something. She's like, you know, did you, were you hoping this didn't go five? And he goes, well, once I got, once I lost that third set, I really hoped it went five. <laughs> he goes, but no, he, um, but it, it, Eubanks, he plays with such power and emotion that 
I don't know enough about Tennessee here and say anything, but I wonder if he's got to channel it a little bit better because maybe yeah. to, to 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 keep from running out of gas. But that's I, I don't know how many matches he's played that long either. That's a, that was a long match. Yeah, uh, it's a grind, man. Emotionally, and you know, physically, psychologically, that's that's the because you're tennis, you're isolated. It's you. Well, it, like you said. I'm not going to sit down here and, and, and you know break down his game. That's not that's not what uh, that's not my exactly my go zone uh, as far as breaking down tennis. But here's what here's what I want to tell you. And I, I wonder how many people that are listening ran across the same circumstance I did yesterday as far as this match goes. Uh, went and saw some friends up in uh, up in Cobb County, and uh, ended up at lunch with my buddy Donaldson. Uh, and so we walk into the bar. I and there's you know a few guys sitting there, a few regulars at this bar, and. Um, you know, we're about to order some lunch and eventually like three more, four more groups of people end up walking into this bar and every single person or every group that walked in this bar, you could hear them say, oh, I think this guy went to Georgia Tech. This is the guy yeah. that went to Georgia Tech. Right. Hey, isn't this guy that went to Georgia Tech? And undoubtedly, the people that had all been sitting at the bar with us talking about it would turn around and go. Yeah, that's the guy from Georgia Tech. Uh, Westlake High School, actually. Uh, and so, I mean, it was like, it literally got to be comical on repeat sitting there. And before you know it, though, the entire bar is watching, the, you know, the tiebreaker and then the four set. And then everybody's like, man, the fist out, you just kind of ran out of gas. But it, I wonder how many people that were sitting around Atlanta experienced the same thing I did yesterday, where it's, it was interesting to me, and you guys can probably answer this better than me how well he was received by the crowd in Wimbledon. Yeah. It was it was it was very much an underdog kind of atmosphere and that's what they do at Wimbledon. They they will embrace the underdog. Well it's funny because I said to my buddy Donaldson, I said, man, he's really getting embraced. And and you know Donaldson's first comment was, well he's 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 an American that went to Georgia Tech and I, I go, they're in they're in Wimbledon. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like this is not the Atlanta Open. Uh, they're, 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 it's raucous, uh, you know, and his coach is sitting there with his Georgia tech hat on. And, um, I just thought, I just thought the whole city, as far as being on an international stage was well represented by him. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I guess at the bar yesterday, anytime anybody walked in, yes, he went to Georgia tech. <laughs> exactly. <right. laughs> well, you know, what's funny is the first guy that walks in and sits down, we were actually having a conversation about John Eisner. Uh, and actually, uh, I met John Eisner God, he's like 6'9", isn't he? Yeah, 13 years ago at the ESPYs, I met John Eisner. It was right after he was coming off that, like, three-day set. You know, the, the, the one they that had was the like, longest. It was like a six-hour match. Yes. It no, it was, it, it was longer than that. I think it went into two days. They had yeah. to literally stop and, and, and kind of catch back up the next day. So I'm having a conversation, and I was like, yeah. I told my buddy Donaldson, I said, he went he went to Georgia. And I was talking about Eisner. And, and of course, from six tools down, the guy's like, no, he went to Georgia Tech. <laughs> Like, uh, no, nah, buddy, uh, Mr. Rabbit Ears down there. No, that's not who I was talking about, but uh, thank you for your uh, input nonetheless. Yeah. Um, I will say this. He got his first uh, win against a, a top 10 ranked guy. I think his career is trending up. Who knows? Maybe he can sneak up and win a U.S. Open in Australia or even a French. Who knows? He probably – I think he has that in him. So, does he jump in the rankings now? Oh, absolutely. I think he would. Yeah. Right? He, he's already at the – He's already at the 31st. You're at the Wimbledon quarterfinals. You better jump in the ring. Well, I, I don't think it's just about one tournament now. I mean, he, he also has to win other matches. I mean, I, he obviously he won a tournament was at Mallorca. I think he won before he came to Wimbledon. So it was okay. his first career tournament win. He won before this one, and this was his first major run. Oh, we should see a big jump there. Chris Eubanks, historian back there, and Oren yeah. Romain. Yeah. I appreciate Oren because, look, 
sorry, but I, we talk about tennis four times a year, and uh, you know, and it's or five times. Mm-hmm. It would say uh, the, the four op- majors and then the Atlanta Open. Well, listen, so as, I mean, <laughs> as, as 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 Matthew McConaughey once said, got to get those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. All right, we gotta <laughs> we gotta we gotta get more four more than four times a year, especially with the Atlanta Open coming up in a couple weeks. Well, Dejounte Murray and uh, Quinn Snyder—they're becoming BFFs rapidly. Apparently, they text every day. Murray was uh, at the Hawks summer league games with Quinn Snyder. Did an interview with ESPN and talked about his uh, relationship with Coach Snyder. We actually text every day, oh and that right oh there God. means a lot—not only to myself, but to him as well. I know, uh, you know, because we all we. We want to be great. You know, you don't just want to be great as an individual. And basketball is a team sport. So, you know, you can't just have one, two, three in line. You got to have everybody in line from, you know, the top to bottom, you know. So, you know, with Quinn, he, he's he's just passionate. You know, he, not only does he want to win, he wants to put everybody in situations to be successful as men, you know, and obviously basketball players. And even his coaching staff, you just go on and on. And, uh, you know, I'm – Obviously, he's a Seattle guy, so it's on, it's only right we connect. Yep, both from us, Seattle. You know, and what's funny about this whole thing is, and 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 Bo probably feels this way. I think I think a lot of people hear that and go, "Ah, oh, this is a cute uh, mid-July Wednesday story." You yeah. know, it's. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, man. I was excited to hear this. Like it, it seems like a little bit. I don't want to call it a breath of fresh air. But I, I, I just want to point to the stability that is involved in that conversation. You know what I mean? Where we've had so many questions about what the Hawks are doing or where they're going, and it seems to me like the most stable part of this team in this organization right now is DeJounte Murray, who just signed an extension, and Quinn Snyder, who's going to be around for a few years. There's always something about his persona I like. There's like a quiet leadership to him. He's kind of like a, a yeah. grown-ass man. There's something about him I like as yeah. far as those he has an edge. go. Yeah. He is an edge, an edge too. too. Yeah, of course. Am I DJ? Yeah, yeah, I, I I wish he said yeah. Me and Trey text every day. Well, that that's not because what the that's topic the, of conversation was. Well, that's, the question that's was fine. Right. I don't care if you text your coach. What is? I mean, I text, you don't think that's hey, a good sign. Here's the deal. I text me and Mike Conti text every day. He's our boss, right? That's sure. great. But I don't. But the, but I need to make sure I text you and Tiffany and and Tribble every day because you're the guys that I work with on a daily basis. You're the guys I need to have chemistry that's, with. That's, you're the guys I have to interact with. Oh, no, dude, don't, don't, don't do that. I, don't I'm, dumb I'm, that down I'm like that. I'm just tired. Yeah, Mike Conti's not walking in here drawing plays up for that's us. That's a bit of a reach. But... Oh, he draws plays up for me. That's not the flex you yeah. think it is. But no. Okay. I'm nice not try. saying it's a flex, but here's the deal. No one's no, – I don't, I don't keep hearing about the chemistry between Quinn and DJ. I keep hearing about the chemistry between – DJ and Trey. Well, how I, are you going to find that? That's going to happen through Quinn Snyder, is it not? Or the fact, or maybe the fact that maybe Trey's hanging out with him and they're talking and they're going over things. I'm not the guy that says you need to think, eat, eat, sleep, and think basketball 24 7. Why are you playing golf on a Wednesday afternoon in July? That's not what I'm saying. Why but, are you wearing jeans to the U.S. Open? But but what I'm my point <laughs> is is that I would it would mean more for me if it, he was talking about he and Trey's relationship than he and Quinn Snyder's. I mean Cause, maybe because we've I, seen in the NBA coaches can go like boom they're it, gone. Uh, but that's that, I get what you're saying, but that's not what happened yesterday, and that's not what the topic was. And I'm just saying it's nice to hear in July with all the questions and all the the worries about the locker room and the how many times have we gotten on here and talked about Trey and the head coach and Trey the coach killer and and. If you have DeJounte and he's now locked up long-term and you have Quinn Snyder, who you know is a good coach, that's a good 
foundational setup. That's all I'm trying to say. That's great. This team is still almost the exact same team that won 41 games. I think DJ's the damn sellout. Texting the man, coddling up to the establishment. Is that what you want me to say? (laughs) I don't care what you say. Who are you you this morning? (laughs) Who? Tribble? Yeah. I don't think I know you anymore. (laughs) Well, he's wearing a a Ric Flair shirt, so what do you expect? (laughs) Oh, you put the ESPYs down. The ESPYs are the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, that's not a headline. You can't Dude, spell asinine without ESPY. They're the Academy Awards is, of sports. If I saw one tweet yesterday, then I saw a hundred of them. That people were like, why didn't they use this ESPYs money to pay the talent and not get rid of everybody <laughs> at ESPN? Nobody's watched this in 10 years. Well, However, though, at the ESPYs, we, had, we did get the Jim Valvano moment, right? We got the uh, Craig Sager moment, who I, I got to know a little bit and absolutely adored. You got the... Uh, uh, Stuart Scott. Stuart Scott. Yep. Stuart I knew Scott. you. Were, I yep. knew you were about to go yep. to that. Um, so th- those were those are great, great moments. But other than that, though, it's just well, um, I'm going 12 to six with my fist right now. I, you know I, I, mean? I, I don't know how to respond. <laughs> 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 Look, man, I've been. To, I, I went to the SPs. Uh, ne- hold on, hold on. I have yeah, never yeah. heard yeah. that reference that yeah. way. That is that's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's amazingly put. Five on one reference. Maybe eleven thirty yeah. to five thirty, okay. but you get the point. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it depends. I guess it depends on your speed. <laughs> well, Which takes away with the road. Yo, I was gonna tell y'all a story <laughs> what about are we the Espies, about? but my God, get this thing back on. Did you see Patrick Mahomes going shirtless? Why is yeah. the music so loud today? By the way. Uh-huh. Turn that music down. Get off my lawn. This says the guy listens to rock and roll at, at 11 <laughs> on the way in. I'm going to devote, uh, I guess it's uh, Tribble's timeout or whatever it's called. Amazing coincidences in sports and beyond. It's pretty. They actually are kind of amazing. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said amazing coincidences. Well, That's next. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> well, you will be once you hear it, brother. Sports Radio 1990 game. <laughs> We're talking all things Atlanta sports and beyond. This is the Morning Shift. Make some noise! The Morning Shift on 92.9 The Game is presented by the Georgia Hemp Company. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back to the Morning Shift. Rob Tribble filling in Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Coming up top of the hour, will the Braves become a side piece to a certain region of the country? David Archer going to join us today. 20 is a big... Big 12, Big 10 media day down in uh, Dallas. Of course, we'll drop a Falcons question in there and going to do a TB's timeout here in a moment. But I am intrigued about the notion of hypnotizing farm animals. Dude, this is this is wild to me. All right. <laughs> so yesterday, like I said, I went up and saw some friends um, sitting around a table. And one of my buddies, uh, Paris, he's, he's got uh, he's got chickens. So he, he he's I say he sells eggs. It's basically he's just trying to give give eggs away and, you know, make sure he has enough feed to feed his chickens. All right, so they got chickens in their backyard. And, and another buddy of mine goes, hey, have you ever hypnotized Have you ever hypnotized your chickens? And he's like, what are, you, what are you talking about hypnotize my chickens? And he's like, dude, I used to do this, uh, my buddy Josh. He's like, I used to do this, man. You lay the chicken down on its side and you draw a line in the sand straight out from its eyes. And the chicken is locked in. At that point, like can't move, like literally hypnotized into a state of just, just can't go, can't, can't move, can't move a muscle. And it lasts for, uh, you know, a minute. And I'm sitting there going, dude, this is, this, it's a load of crap, man. Don't believe him. No, 
pulls it up on like Instagram or YouTube or something, and he shows like multiple people doing this, hypnotizing a freaking chicken, dude. <laughs> Swear to God, three hours later, I get a group text to all of us that were sitting around this table, and Paris has gone home. He's laid the chicken down, and he's drawn a line away from this chicken's eyes. And I just showed, I just showed Squid the video. It's unbelievable. That's insane. The chicken locks in on this line in the sand and cannot move. Just straight up. But eventually snaps itself in. out of it? Yeah, I mean, eventually, <laughs> you know, 30 seconds into this thing, it's, it kind of flaps its wings, and it's like, oh, God, what happened? Uh, yeah, you, you, you literal line in the sand, and uh, it, it, I, I'm just so dumbfounded. It, have you ever heard of the, uh, the thing, like, if you could turn a shark, shark over? Shark over, yeah, they go into a catatonic yeah, state. Yeah, catatonic yep. state. Yep. It, it was a lot like I that. I was just thinking that immediately when you said it that. It was yep. a lot like that with it's the crazy. chicken. By the way, is it Shark Week this week, or was that last week? Okay. No, it's normally... It's normally like, I think it's next week or the week after. The streaming platforms kind of messed up Shark Week. Well, yeah, because Disney, I think it's Disney, the National Geographic thing is doing Shark Fest. Yeah, Shark Fest. It's different. Well, that's how uh, orcas kill great whites. They they ram them, turn them over on their back, and then just feast on uh, that one. I think their liver is what they like. I'll ask ask Paris if I can uh, post the video. Uh, How many desperate single men out there are thinking, I wonder if I just draw a straight line, I could hypnotize a woman. (laughs) I think that's a road we don't want. That's a liability issue there. Yeah. We don't want to go down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man, but uh, I'm just telling you right now, I was dumbfounded. Absolutely dumbfounded <laughs> watching this video yesterday. It's crazy. Wait, wait. Great Whites only, I mean, excuse me, uh, Killer Whales. I think it's. Uh, where, they only eat the liver. Dylon, uh, what do you. Uh, I think that's right. I think it's uh, the liver or something like that. Yeah. I don't think It's they just eat like the flesh. one specific thing. No, it's not the whole yeah. thing. It's just, yeah. They like that one specific thing. Yep. So there you have it. All right, let's hit up a TB's timeout. Now listen up. Now let's take a look at what's going on in Tiffany's world. This ain't funny. With TV's timeout on the morning shift. Only eat their livers. That has been confirmed by Dylon. Thank you, our crack research staff. I knew it was something like that. So I was um sometimes on my uh TikTok feed I get like old Braves highlights. And there's like Dale Murphy hitting a home run at Old Veteran Stadium. And they had Richie Ashburn's number, retired number one. And I remembered a story about him immediately. And this kind of got me into this weird coincidence uh, thing that I went down this wormhole. 1957, Richie Ashburn of the Phillies hits a foul ball, and it hit Alice Roth, breaking her nose. They pause the game. They put poor Alice Roth on a stretcher. And as they're leading her out, the game resumes. He hits another foul ball, and it hits Alice Roth again, breaking her knee. (laughs) Yes. Jesus. But uh, Phillies brought back her. She was there with her grandsons. They brought them back, and they got to watch batting practice. Dugout gave them a, a, a team autograph ball, and I think they remained friends, Richie Ashburn and her grandkids, for the rest of his life. So that's kind of interesting. And also, uh, Joe Necro, Joe Necro and Phil Necro, brothers, of course, Phil Necro Hall of Famer. Joe Necro had 1,165 career at-bats in his major league career, which lasted 22 years. He hit one home run. It was off his brother, Phil. Back when no he was kidding. with the Atlanta Braves, yep. By the way, Phil batted 316 against Joe. Joe batted 111 against Phil, but he got bragging rights with the uh, with the home run, but Went Phil to got yickety, to the Hall of Fame. Yickety yep. off yep. his brother. Actually, I uh, played T-ball with uh, Phil Necro's sons when he was active with the Braves over Belvedere Ballpark in South Decatur, and he used to come to the games, took us to a Braves game, got to go on the field and all this other stuff. It was pretty cool. Were they now, good? Were they good, uh, were they good ball players? Uh, John was, Philip, not so much, but both – Wonderful dudes. I wish I didn't lose track of them. Look, 
but I, I definitely have bumped into Phil a couple times uh, back 10, 15 years ago. Oh, one of the greatest was, guys ever. When I was living in Flowery Branch. By the way, it's Phil Necro Boulevard up there. I, Anybody I, that's ever been around Lake Lanier for mm-hmm. an extended amount of time knows it. He had Jimmy Johnson hair, just wonderful yeah. quaffed of, uh, yeah, of white hair. Cecil Fielder, Princefield. And this one is just crazy. Now, of course, Cecil Fielder is the father of Prince Fielder. Cecil and Prince both ended their major league careers with 319 homers. Uh, Cecil played 13 years. Prince played 12. But get this, though. Both guys had one season of 50-plus homers. Both had one season of home runs in the 40s. Both had four seasons of home runs in the 30s. Did you follow that? They both had the exact... They both had one season of 50 or more homers. Both had one season of 40 or more homers. Both had four seasons of 30 homers. But wait, there's more. Both of them, exactly 40% of their career hits went for extra bases. Oh, but wait, there's more. Both of them, both of them had 97 two-out homers. Both of them had 49 fourth-inning homers. Both of them had 29 Fifth inning homers, both of them had 18 ninth inning homers. So they're more like twins and father yeah, son. What, what is the difference as far as uh, career longevity goes between the two? Is there a, one, know, year. Uh, uh, one year? One year. One yeah. year. Uh, and by the way, Prince played 12, Cecil played 13, Prince, or it might be the other way around. Prince's career seemed, they both, both their careers seemed a lot shorter than yeah. they actually were. I felt like Prince. Well, Cecil played in Japan too. Prince fell off yeah. a, a cliff. Fell off a point. cliff. Yeah. I mean, it was just like the dude is the greatest thing ever, and then it was like he couldn't hit a beach ball the it, next the next year. It was like a it was more drastic than I felt like Ryan Howard's was. I right. felt like Ryan Howard hit yeah. was the same way. Just hit the walls. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. Why, why, but, uh, why does that happen? Well, I, I honestly. Well, I'm, Prince could it could have been an injury. He was 5'11", 275. Cecil yeah. was 6'3", 260. I, I'd like to say I hate to say this, but I almost think it was body type Weight related. Well, and I with those they were just I don't know how much they could do. Prince was just a they were both big boys. I mean, yeah. nothing, they were just big dudes. You know, it was like they weren't. I mean, I know uh, Prince was only five eleven, but still he was. When he got he his dense. when he got his hips he through dense. it, I mean, it oh, wasn't you weren't going to hold it. it. Uh, but it, I don't. Your body breaks down quicker. I, I agree, but I, I will t- I will tell you this: I think there is risk in anybody who says, "Man, I should lose weight." I mean, I don't think CC Sabathia was ever the same when he got when he got thin. You yeah, know what I mean, CC was dominant. You Cleveland. could say that about David Duvall in golf. Yeah, went to Georgia Tech, and yep. when he was thick, he was dominant. Then he got in shape, not so much. Yeah. Same way Luther Vandross, you could even say. We always we like <laughs> fat Luther over thin Luther. It's the same thing applies. But but skinny Axel Rose was better than fat yeah. Axel Rose. Yeah, but uh, fat Seth Rogen's uh, more tolerable than a skinnier Seth Rogen. You could say the same thing about, about Jonah Hill. Apparently, he's dealing with some toxic stuff. Well, he seems to be a toxic human being yes, from, what, indeed. from what his ex I should be allowed to see other people, and if you question that, you're being controlling is basically what he said to his uh, – Former uh, flame there. Allegedly through tax, yes. How about this? Here's another one. Have you ever heard of the name Alan de Graffenreed? Can't say that I have. You had me at Alan, but you lost yeah. me at de Graffenreed. I thought about saying, oh, Alan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There have been two Alan de Graffenreeds that played in the NFL. One played in 1998 with the Cardinals. One played in 1993 with the Bengals. Both only played one season. No, no relation, relation, clearly. No, they're brothers. This is my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl. No. <laughs> That's pretty wild, actually. All right, here's another one. 
Warren Spahn, the great Braves left-hander, he had 363 wins. 356 were with the Braves, four with the Mets, three with the Giants. Warren Spahn also had 363 career base hits, 356 with the Braves, four with the Mets, three with the Giants. Exact same line, pitching and hitting. The the 363 thing. You never like, see that again. That is so foreign to this yep. day and age yep. of baseball, dude. You, you will, will never, never see it. And he probably had ever. 250 complete games with that. Team. I know, yes. right, right. And many of those were uh, pitched uh, well into the 13th inning. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he threw 210 pitches tonight, 165 for strikes. <laughs> Only three guys named Aurelio have played in the major leagues. We had Aurelio Montagudo, Aurelio Rodriguez, and Aurelio Lopez. They all three died in car accidents. But just the look Orange is giving me right now. Yeah. At the same time? That's a lot no, of different, different times. But if, if, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got – what happened? No, I can't do that. They're all in the car together. <laughs> he said at the same time. Where did you get all this? I'm just going to say this was so funny. We were having this conversation the other day. Who were we talking about, Bo? Was it uh, – it was the old Marlins closer from 20 years ago. What was his name? Oh, 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 jeez. Uh – uh, he had three – his name was three U's. Oh, Ugeeth Urbina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Urbina, Urbina. Yeah, yeah. I was like – and we were talking about that's the only guy with three U's in his name to ever play – or uh, his initials <laughs> were three U's ever played. I was like, what a what a load of senseless factoids that, like, <laughs> nobody would ever care about. I, I love stuff that people don't yeah. care about. Yeah, no, I <laughs> – that last one's a little bit jarring. Well, I, I, I thought I'd end on something dark. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. why, why not? Why not? Yeah. Way to set up the 7 o'clock hour. Let's end dark. That's a, that's a, a little Fat Luther taking us to break, too. I, 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 Fat I, Luther's the best one. That whole thing reminded me of, have you ever heard, like, the stories of people that uh, discovered King Tut's tomb? Like, yeah. what happened to him afterwards? Oh, yeah, they like, all died. They all died. It was like one cursed. Of them, one of them's hearse fell, like, fell off a cliff and hit a little boy. Oh, no. I swear no, to God. No. I swear. You got to look it up. He <laughs> was standing by a hearse. This, this hour of death and darkness and random factoids brought to you Mark, Mark, by Mark's Payne Real Estate. Coming up top of the hour, will there be a fissure in Braves country? Could happen. Sports Radio, 1990 Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.